Well, hey, everybody, I'm Tim, and welcome to Cigars Daily Live, coming to you from sunny Phoenix, Arizona, with a great show, big stuff happening in the world of cigars and cigar smokers. And of course, my name is Tim, I'm the host of this show, but for these episodes, you guys are the co-hosts, so drop your comments and questions down below. We're going to be taking them throughout the whole episode, because tonight we're talking about a big thing, because there's new news on cigars and health. There's actually a big study that's come out. I've made a couple videos sort of mentioning it, talking about it, but tonight I've got a great guest for this episode, someone you can ask your questions to. Uh, the study was funded by the FDA through NASM. I've got some information about it right here, and so I'm going to be talking with you guys about uh, about what it says, about what it offers, what new information do we have, essentially. And of course, to lend more light on this is my guest for tonight's episode, the guy in the cigar industry you want to learn about this from, and that's Drew Newman. He is a part of a multi-generational cigar-making family that still makes cigars here in the United States. They're like the biggest and last cigar-making family, American cigar-making family in America. So excited to have him on. And of course, his family's brand is J.C. Newman's cigars. You would recognize brands from them like Perla Del Mar and uh, Julius Caesar and Brickhouse and stuff like that. So if you already like those cigars, then of course, this will be a great episode for you. And if you want to know more about cigars and your health, well, damn it, you're in the right place. Uh, so I want to start off by getting a couple of comments right after I show you behind the camera. Who's here? We got dust in the wind. You're All the by myself. There's an ongoing sexual harassment suit with Big Ben right now, so they can't technically be in the same room. We can't be in the same room, and Billy is out trying to hoard all the cheroots, so he couldn't be here. <laughs> Look at, by the way, can I just say your shirt is glorious? It's my orange shirt. It's your orange shirt. It's not the color, but you get the joke. It's only like 30% orange. Only 30% orange. That is a loud, loud, I had to wear shirt. orange for the suns, but. It's not a sun shirt. It's an orange yeah, shirt. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> this is definitely what a millennial would do. Uh, and I appreciate that. All right, I want to get some comments from you guys. Keep putting your comments down below. I see them popping up. Dustin's oh, playing yeah. both sides of the of the uh, ball game tonight. If, if it's a little clunky tonight, it's because I'm doing the job of two people. So we're going to have some mercy for Dustin tonight. Not going to call him a bitch. I'm contractually <laughs> obligated not to do that. Papa Sandler's on. He says, I look forward to this show every week, and I would watch Cigars Daily Show in the form of a reality TV show. That, that would be awesome. Could you imagine what that would be like, a Cigars Daily reality TV show? You're going to be walking around even more with the camera screaming at me? I would, uh, <laughs> preferably, if it was a reality show, I wouldn't have to be holding the camera. That's that would true. be the benefit of doing a show like that. But, I, you know, there's things, I, I don't really want to take you guys inside of Cigars Daily more. I know we do vlog videos and show you that kind of stuff, but I want to show you more of what it's like to actually be here during the day because it is a weird, crazy place to be. But thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. There was talk at one time of doing a Cigars Daily reality show for Amazon Prime. Because Cigar Vixen has one. So why can't we? I mean, I'm not as beautiful as Cigar Vixen, but I think that we could make it work. You know, you, you do have one thing she doesn't have. What do? Oh, what? The gap in the teeth. I thank you very much. <laughs> yes, I do. I can fit a small family of Ukrainian refugees in there. Uh, let's go ahead and grab some more comments right here. This one is from Master Man. He says, oh, I'm smoking a Padron 90 Maduro with uh, Kahlua and espresso. That's right. Master Man drinks coffee late at night. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much, Master Man. I appreciate it. Jack Dennis is on. He says, what's up, Tim and crew? I'm smoking a Camacho Factory Unleashed. <clears throat> I just did a, <laughs> is that like a Kermit, <laughs> a Kermit the Frog almost there. <laughs> uh, waiting for my shipment of the two coming from you guys tomorrow. So this is something you never see in cigars. This is the weirdest thing that Camacho did. They came out with a sequel 
like 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 a movie like they were like yeah w- yeah we put out the factory unleashed we're gonna put out a f- another factory unleashed what should we call it the second the second two and that's exactly what it's called <laughs> factory unleashed two coincidentally a great cigar I, I can't wait to review it i actually think it's better than the first which never happens with sequels which never happens with sequels uh you're absolutely right caddyshack is a perfect example of that has anyone seen have you guys seen caddyshack two I, I didn't even know it existed. Singular worst film ever made. Worth watching just so you can say you've seen it. So you like, can hate watch it. So you can hate I watch, hate watch it. a lot of things. What is the last thing you hate watch? Uh, Shrek 2. Shrek 2. <laughs> I thought all the Shrek movies were relatively okay. Ah, uh, no. But I got little kids, so I've seen them all a lot. Okay, well, there you go. I've seen them and the Puss in Boots and all the other stuff. All right, next comment coming right here. Jamie Craig says, 10th time watcher. Thank you. You should get your 10th time watcher token award. Uh, but I still don't have a YouTube play button, so we probably never get it. Uh, first time commenter in the garage, out of the wind, enjoying a peach crown and Arnold Palmer with a Camacho factory unleashed and Nicaragua Gordo Churchill. Love the channel. Jamie Craig, thank you so much. I hope you're having a fantastic time. Thank you for watching the show. And thank you so much for commenting. I hope you enjoy all of your Camachos. I do want to tell you guys that we've got some amazing cigars tonight. So uh, just so you guys are aware of what JC Newman is doing. And uh, Alex, on the computer that you're looking at, mm-hmm. just above my head, like right here, there's a little X yep. that you can click. If you'll just click that X, yep. now I can see. Yep. Oop, oh. Now three finger swipe to the side. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, <laughs> so we're a professional are, production crew here. We're, we know what we're doing. We have things. Actually, <laughs> first that time. was this. Yeah, this is Alex's <laughs> first time touching that computer ever. I thought that went really well. Uh, so five uh, J.C. Newman cigars that that have really become foundational for cigar smokers in America. On the far side, I'm going to start farther away from me this time. You've got the Brick House, three different blends of Brick House cigars. It's one of America's favorite cigars, like an industry standard. If you open a cigar shop and you don't carry Brick House cigars, you're shooting one of your feet off because it's one of the things people will come in and ask for. So there's the Brick House Maduro Mighty Mighty on the far end, one of the most popular Brick Houses. The Brick House Natural, which is the original, and the Brick House Connecticut in the middle. Also, Perla Del Mar, which just got a brand new face look, lift, looks super sexy. It's excited. It lost some weight. It got a little bit of a tummy tuck. And now you've got the Shade and the Corojo, outstanding blends from a company that has been doing this for 125 years, 40 of those years done in America during the war on tobacco in a special way. It's amazing. I'm blown away by JC Newman, and I love the brand for that reason. I won't gloat about him too much, but if you want to learn more about that sampler, this is another thing. J.C. Newman, I don't know how they do this. Drew will be able to speak to this tonight. But these cigars uh, in the sampler, you can throw that back up for a second. So for cigars that have been around legitimately for decades, I mean, for a long, long time, uh, these cigars all still retail for around like seven or eight bucks a stick. I mean, it's just crazy. Like, I think the the most expensive one is $8. And this is something that I'm seeing less of in the cigar world is cigar prices are inching up to the $10 and above range, right? Like, that's just like what new cigars cost. It's like, oh, it's the new thing. Well, it's typically eight to 10 bucks. But these things have been out for a long time. And typically cigar makers do a price increase every year. And it's around 3%. It allows them to keep up with the cost of business. And one of my favorite things, it allows them to give their factory workers, rollers, farmers, everybody a pay increase, which is so rare in Latin America. It's not only rare to have a job that pays you regularly, 
that you can go to every day. That's not a like a regular thing. It's hard to find. So a cigar rolling job is great, but it's also a job where you can get raises and increase your family's quality of living. So I love this. Somehow JC Nimmons doing all this, taking care of the factory, running their business, and keeping their cigars on the shelf for decades at these low prices. But tonight you're going to find an amazing value on these five cigars. Do check the link in the description. Uh, you're going to find that link whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, or cigarsdailyplus.com, our own streaming site, which by the way, more popular now than CNN Plus. Hello. Just want to throw it out there. Hey, can I just, can I say that? They spent like, I read they spent $300 million on CNN Plus. It was up for 30 days. Cigars <laughs> Daily Plus, our streaming service has been up for over a year and it costs like, it costs less than 1% of that and a few thousand hours of my time making videos. So totally worth it. And, uh, Boom. Take that, CNN. Okay. I want to get some more comments, Dustin. Let's grab another one. This one's from JC. Uh, orange, you glad you wore that shirt, Tim? Oh, <laughs> there, there's man. so many of those. There are a lot of those, aren't there? Keep. Let's hammer some. Give me a few more. Dustin, you look fruity. I think that's every day, though. That's regardless of the shirt. I, I, think, I think that's every day. There's the, there's the obligatory... Justice a bitch from Stephen Ward. Always. Thank you. I appreciate that. We actually, we have some, uh, we have an update on the Dustin situation. Uh, David Wingert says, Florida sun grown, Dustin. The wind. <laughs> All right. I see some Facebook ones too. I want to get to, if you're commenting on Facebook, thank you. Thank you for watching. Okay. Uh, let's keep cruising. Yeah. So this happened, uh, Apophis dark one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, there would be so much more of Tim's belly in a reality show. My belly is less of my belly than there used to be. That's the good news. I've lost like 27 pounds or something like that in the last couple months. I'm feeling really good. But yes, there would be plenty of t male Tim nudity in a reality cigars daily show. I'm naked around here a lot more than I think people realize. Another visit to HR coming. Yeah, no. When I do my my presentation on sexual harassment, it will be in a mirror. <laughs> All right, let's get some more comments. This one right here is from Emin Drummer. Playing golf with one of those wedgies. Horrible movie. Referencing the Caddyshack. Cad Caddyshack. Just a terrible, terrible film. I mean, I mean, Caddyshack was so good. Was and Caddyshack 2 was so abysmally awful. I'm gonna have to go watch it now. All right, put Julie's comments yeah. up. Julie Flores on says, Tim, have you thought about having a Cigars Daily Nation Nation's Choice uh, for pick of the week? Uh, you could announce your pick and compare it to what the CDN picked. I have never thought about doing that. Uh, and here, <laughs> all right, I. Uh, let me just be totally frank if I can. I'm just going to be blatantly honest. I Here's one of my issues. And, and everybody here at Cigars Daily knows this. As a millennial and a youngest child, I'm not the most considerate person. I have the tendency to think that my ideas are good and that other idea, other people's ideas are not good. And so I don't play well with others. It's one of the reasons I do really well doing the YouTube thing. Like I say here by myself, I have guests on, they're great. And so I would, so doing something like that would be interesting. I would love to see what people would recommend. Now I feel like I'm Jen Psaki. I'm just trying to be political. Uh, let's just move on with the show. Thank you. I, I do want to show you tonight's pick of the week, though, because it does slam me in a very that? particular way. So uh, Cigars Daily Nation, pick of the week. We're giving Dustin Slack tonight. He's on comments and the, and the graphics. Um, I appreciate it. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> so you guys know that I uh, 
I called Dustin a bitch on the internet again. I, I, I no, the first time. I mean, oh, I thought you were time. referencing just right now. No, yeah, yeah. I also oh. did it in, during this episode, but that's beside <laughs> the point. Uh, I did, I did this and accidentally sent it out to like I don't know a few tens of thousands of people, and then I put it on Facebook, <laughs> and I thought it was really funny, and <laughs> and then people really took off with it. But Dustin has since got me back a few times in a few good ways. This one was choice though. So we had a visit from a member of the Cigars Daily Nation right in here at the shop. Take a look at this guy here. He posted this in the group from Randy Simona. He says, wow is the word I have to summarize my first visit into Cigars Daily today. Visiting from Michigan. Thank you, Tim and Dustin for the amazing customer service and great chat. Tim, I appreciate you showing uh, my buddy and I on a tour. Tim, I guess you're the bitch. Oh, tables have turned. Okay, so the tables Wait, have turned, my, and here you can see me and Randy. I showed him in the studio, and Ellie is over there. I was say, that's my favorite part. She posed for the picture. She's Perfect. Like, What's up, guys? Great. What are we doing? She's like, I don't smoke anything, and I'm one year old. Uh, <laughs> and and so we showed him through the shop, had a great time. And then uh, he bought some stuff while he was here, too. So take a look at this picture. Uh, there he is with Dustin. And I didn't know this. But Dustin programmed into the cash register like oh like over a week ago a yes. product. All right, show him the next one. A product that you can buy here at the brick and mortar. This is not for sale online. The product <laughs> is just called Tim's a bitch, and it doesn't cost anything, and you don't get anything other than something on your receipt that says that uh, that now people can get for free at the shop. You so, get you get great laughs out of it, and. <laughs> and that's right. I, I programmed it in there about a week ago and I was waiting for the right time to actually deploy it and show you. And I had told Randy before he met you, hey, I've got this thing here in the cash register. And if the situation presents itself while Tim's out here meeting you, I'm going to use it. Well, and it worked out perfectly. Touche, fine, sir. <laughs> Touche. You absolutely got me. So there's the pick of the week. I think this was a good one. And I actually forgot to use one. I got to use one next week that I really liked. But I also know that Julie... When she recommends pictures, she might have a specific one for me. So Julie can message it to me on Facebook, I think. Okay, uh, let's get a few more comments before we jump into the comment craze. I want to make sure we have plenty of time with Drew Newman. This is the big groundbreaking thing. It's not very often that you see uh, studies done on the health effects of premium cigars alone because for all of time, premium cigars, what we do, not the shit they sell at gas stations, not the stuff that you can get at the quickie mart this is stuff that you go into a cigar shop and a clerk meets you and he's like hello welcome and you know looks down on you maybe follows you around the humidor touches you oh, a little bit my favorite yeah hopefully he doesn't touch me while he's naked uh try not to only I'll tim, try does, not that. To. Only tim on, does that it depends on whether or not i'm naked at the time okay i'm gonna just be honest <laughs> so we've got what here now is effectively one of the first studies that deals really with premium cigars and this one is done uh by nasem who's i didn't even it's like national academy of sciences engineering and medicine or something can, something like that can i cut you off for a second because yeah, i love see. mike's comment what do you say tim uh, mike richard says I'd like to purchase a box of Tim is a bitches. <laughs> Plural. Coincidentally, they don't come in a box. They come in a in a flesh tone naked Tim statue. In a one, you can only get it singular. You can only get one. <laughs> you can only get at one. Time. Yeah, only one. And they're really small. Sadly, you've seen yeah. the soccer squash. Wait for the naked Tim. Yeah, statue. wait for the naked Tim squash. <laughs> oh, good lord. Uh, but this study right here represents some of the first research done. A study that cost uh, over, I think, a million dollars. A ridiculous amount of money. Uh, and this is actually the summary of the study. We're going to talk about this because this really dives into premium cigars and it starts to look at the health effects of premium cigars. It's There's preliminary information there, but it's what this is, is this is the world of cigars of what we love separated 
definitely from cigarettes and separated from a lot of other stuff, even gas station cigars, your, uh, your, you know, paper products that have like a paper wrapper on them, not a whole leaf wrapper. So this is a very good thing. And we're going to learn more about that tonight when, uh, Drew is on in just a few minutes, but first I want to get into the comment here. What are we, who are we talking to there? Destin, the wind, who are we talking to? Hmm. Dean Kolink. Kolink. That's my best. Got it. Yep. Uh, my wife leaves for Phoenix Thursday, trying to get her to run in for me. Uh, if you see a pregnant chick in there, <laughs> that's how you describe yeah. your wife. Hey, this week, tell her, hey, hey, you're the pregnant chick. So you're effectively, you just want me to say hey to all fat no, girls. He wants, he wants you to <laughs> ask walk if in. she's pregnant. Hey, you pregnant? You pregnant? Hey. That's how it starts. Are you pregnant? <laughs> hey. I think that's one of the five things you can't ask. That's one of the five. Even in a cigar shop. Even in a cigar shop. All right. Typically, my first question to a pregnant woman in a cigar shop is, why are you in a cigar yeah, shop? Why if she's just visiting for you, I'd, I'd love to meet her. Please Do stay you, out of the lounge. Please stay out of the lounge. <laughs> are you, you know, don't light that up. Dear God. What are you, uh, uh, Diego B says, Tim, I landed in Phoenix from, ooh. Mazatlan. Mazatlan. Thank you. Mazatlan. I know should have just not even tried it. Landed from Mazatlan. Mazatlan. There you go. Where is that? From Mazatlan? I'm pretty sure that's it's Mexico. in Magic Land? It's I, in Shavurterford. Uh, Friday night. I'm sorry that we don't know where Mazatlan is. <laughs> we went to public I think school. It, I think it's from Mexico. I think that's in Mexico. Is it? I believe so. Can you fact check that? Maybe I can on your fact check me? it. If you like. I, so I was educated in public school in Arizona. We're 49th <laughs> out of 50 in education in the yeah. United States. So the fact that I could read and say Mazatlan. All right, let's get to his comment. Tim, I landed in Phoenix Friday from Mazatlan uh, and got stuck there for the night. Couldn't go to Cigars Daily, but on the bright side, I found Papago Orange Blossom beer at the airport. Fantastic. Yes! My Amazing. favorite beer. I have had one beer in the last two months. And I miss beer so much because I'm I'm like losing weight. I'm almost down 30 pounds, yeah. but damn, I miss Mexico. beer. It's in Mexico. It's in Mexico. Mazatlan. No, now we know. Sean says it's you in Shrewdsville. Cigars Daily. It's in Shrewdsville. <laughs> <laughs> Cigartopia, Shrewdsville, Mazatlan. That's that's why Tim or uh, why Billy couldn't be here. He's taking yeah, a trip to he's Shrewdsville. Shrewdsville. All right, uh, I want to keep getting your guys' comments, and then we'll jump into the comment craze in just a second here. Uh, but big things coming for the episode because of the health thing. That's the thing I think a lot about. You know, I really used to worry about cigars and health when I first got into the industry. And I'm going to get to Pyro Lover's comment. Oh, Pyro Lover's back. I, you came back. Is it, is not Pyro know. Lover 67? We, it's, yeah. It's a different Pyro Lover. Is this a different, is Pyro, a different lover? Pyro Lover? Is this a different Pyro Lover? Okay. There's what is a good pyro beverage lovers? to drink? Wait. Well, last week we had a Pyro Lover. We had a whole thing about, is this yeah, person? Yeah, it was like Pyro Lover 67. I wasn't here. I didn't, I didn't see that. All right. Well, I have no idea. Okay. Well. Moving uh, forward. Moving forward. I Well, let me say this. I used to really worry about my health working in a cigar shop, and I've learned a lot, and I worry about it a lot less these days, but we'll talk about that even before Drew comes on. Uh, what is a good beverage to drink while you smoke without alcohol? So mm. so let me put this out there. If you, if you don't drink alcohol and you want to find some really good beverages to pair with your cigar, there's an ocean of stuff out there. There's so much available. Uh, if you don't, it, coffee, tea are two obvious things that people will drink on a daily basis that go actually really, really well with a cigar. Some people do apple juice and orange juice, like different mm. types of juices. Pomegranate juice would work well with a cigar. If you drink soda, like Dr. Pepper is typically the best, but now they make Dr. Pepper with cream soda in it. That's game changer. Really, game, game changer. changer. Amazing way Absolutely. to go. Uh, there's just, I mean, there's so much out there to do. I even have videos on here and on Cigars Daily Plus about pairing cigars with non-alcoholic beverages. You can watch those and get even more recommendations from those videos. Boom. 
Yes. All right. One more comment, and I want the comment craze. Uh, Apophis Dark One says, uh, have you guys thought about doing a podcast? Dude, Alex and I were literally talking about that beforehand. In your mind, if we did a podcast, like, would that just, we just talk about yeah. stuff? I just talk about anything. We have random guests. They don't have to be part of the industry. Just somebody you want to talk to, whether you're pulling somebody in from the lounge, just yeah. to see what, see what their day to day and why they start smoking cigars. I would uh, want to only interview my enemies. That would be awesome. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? That would be awesome. And the show is called, the show is called, you know what I hate about you? (laughs) There you go. And that's how it starts off. You know what I hate about you? There you go. And just keep going. You don't let them speak. Yeah. Yeah. Every time they start to, every time they start to speak, I interrupt them with an insult. I think one of our presidents, you know what? I, I think (laughs) with an insult. Yeah. Yeah. We we have had presidents to do that. The, The correct answer to the question is yes. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yes, we thought about it. And, and we're making changes here that might make that possible. I do get that question a lot about doing a podcast. I have to see how many enemies I have. If we only have three episodes, it's not worth very not much. Worth it. I've been, I have enemies. There are people that don't like me. All right, let's move on. I want to take you guys through something new this week uh, because we're, we're talking about cigars and health, something that people, especially, uh, you know, letter name, indus- like letter name agencies in the government, they want you to be concerned. Go into your doctor's office, tell them you smoke cigars, and they're going to be like, what? what? Is this the... Uh... Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah, we're going to go into the comment, Chris. Okay. Thank you very much. So, very good. Thank you. Screeching Holt there. Dustin is like totally with us. All uh, the tires. I was going to give you an intro, but... Well, continue. So, Act like that never happened. People, yes. <laughs> People want us to be afraid of stuff. I mean, it's like literally, I mentioned this before, but I saw a study that says if you've had 10 or more sexual partners, it increases your risk of cancer. Like people like you're at the club and some girl's like, what's up? You want to go home? And you're like, I'm sorry. I don't want to get cancer. So no. Yeah. Uh, they just want you to be afraid of absolutely everything these days. And it concerns me. It concerns me. How can you live in a world where you're afraid of everything all the time? But it does seem to be the going way. And so I'm going to ask you guys for your help answering this question. Please drop a comment. We're going to take a bunch of comments on this question right here. Let's go ahead and throw the prompt up. Uh, In a world of worries, certain people want us to be afraid of everything. Comment with some new terrifying things that we're not afraid of enough yet. This can be anything in the world. and But what it can't be is something they're already trying to get us to be afraid of. So here it is. In a world of worries, certain people want us to be afraid of everything. Comment with some new terrifying things that we're not afraid of enough yet. Dustin, what do you think? Sex robots. Perfect. Yes. Like, we ha- are. Have you seen Terminator? But with erections. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Now that actually by itself sounds scary. I think I, I watched mean, the wrong Terminator. Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Terminator. The Risen. He's made of steel. <laughs> he's, he's made of steel. Made you know. Of steel. Like the last Why thing are. you want is to like be in a loving embrace with a sex robot and then her eyes turn red and she's like T-9000 Terminator. Yeah. Terminator the Risen. Activate super grip technology. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, uh, no, no, yeah. No. So, okay. So now you guys, I think you guys sort of get the point. This is what we're looking. What is the stuff we do? And I don't think we're talking enough about the dangers of sex robots. Yeah. And to be totally fair, yeah. Elon Musk warns us about the dangers of artificial intelligence. You take that dangerous intelligence and put it into something that's capable of taking advantage of you in a non-consensual way. And you really, <laughs> you really step things up. So I they don't understand say. emotions or consent. They don't get, they don't understand. You can program consent. Ah, I, think. I don't know. <laughs> There's emotions involved always, right? Think things we should be afraid of. All right, go for it. John C says Tim's naked body. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Allison's actually really afraid of that one. I yeah. come out and I'm like, hey, and she's like, dear God. 
Put it away. I that's buy how you, you a that, rope for a reason. That's how you do it. Hey, hey, that's my come on. You know, <laughs> have you guys ever tried that with your wife? Just walk in naked and go, ah, here we are, baby. Let's go. All right. What's the next one? Rufus B says, be afraid of chihuahuas. Yes. Damn straight, yes. dude. Yes. Yeah. It's like 100%. a dog that they were like a 3D printer was making a dog and ran out of 3D product. Like it's small <laughs> and terrifying. It's yes. loud. Yes. And because of that, Chihuahuas are angry. They just seem angry. They're loud. They have little man syndrome. I feel terrible. A lot of these are great. All right. Snowballs could cause brain damage (laughs) from George Shem. Straight up, dude. Yeah. The last thing I want is brain damage. And and I want to get it from something as in it. I mean, snowballs. They may look innocent. We all know. Sounds like a movie problem. We know their secret agenda. It's the scene from the elf. Yeah, the elf is just cannonballs. <laughs> cannonballs. Throwing cannons. Yeah, brain damage. No. Concussion. Concussion. Yeah. They're it's, actually filled with rocks. You guys don't know this, but but snowballs are as dangerous as playing in the NFL. Next one. In a world where snowballs. In a world. In a world. Kevin Grulix says uh, electric cars that make no sound. <laughs> Only in reverse do they make sound. Only in reverse. Do they make, do they yeah, make sound they do. Uh Tesla actually, you can program a reverse sound, and a lot of them are UFO sounds. Really? Yeah. I How assume the sound is like, like. Yeah. do you know those, do you know I those know toy- what UFOs sound like because they visited me. Because they visit, because you've been abducted yeah, by one. exactly. That's fair. You know those little toy cars that you like put them on the table and you go, vroom, 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 yes, vroom, exactly. Vroom. Yeah. I assume that's what an electric car sounds like backing up. Like, vroom, yeah. Vroom, 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 vroom. yeah, relatively speaking. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Uh, yeah, cars that make no sounds. That's that's horrific. Build a bear, but build a real bear, right? Yes. Build an actual yes, a bear. Polar bear. <laughs> a polar bear. I can smell you from 10 miles away. If you're not worried yet enough yet about Build a Bear's new factory in Hong Kong that manufactures actual bears, the bear pandemic is going to be awful. I mean, awful. Call it the China bear. China, China bears. Okay. China. Hands up, man. China, <laughs> China bear. bears. The so Joseph Pacifico says doorknobs are pretty terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Joseph is just sitting at home, smoking a cigar, drinking a drink, and he's looking around. And he's like, oh, ah! oh, God, I forgot that doorknob was on that. Uh, yeah, doorknobs are terrifying. Have you I, ever caught in your, uh, your belt loop in a door? You've never caught yeah, in the I, ha- I have. I yeah, have. And it yanks you the wrong way. Fortunately, my teenage daughter last night, I caught her. She was doing a service to the family. She had a pillowcase, and she was just putting all the doorknobs in it from the house. Uh, I don't know where she went with soul. it. Bless her soul. Much less terrifying in my house. She's yes. gone for like three hours. Thank God. Came back covered I, in blood. So I'm not gonna put thank Michael's, God those doorknobs weren't in our house. I'm not going to put Michael's comment up, but it is. I acknowledge it and it's hilarious. I can't see it because I don't see what you see. Oh, okay. Well, All right. Well, Michael, you what you said uh, clearly put off a, a siren for Dustin. Congratulations. <laughs> Jason Reese says, the new thing that needs to be uh, aware, solar eruptions. Uh, then let Skynet take over. So, uh, so solar eruptions, actually, I don't think solar eruptions are that scary. If you follow uh, new space news and I do because I'm majorly lame and I know a lot about stars <laughs> and I love it. Elon Musk. I love Elon Musk. I actually think he's great. He's your best friend. He, I wish he was my best friend. I actually think he'd be a really awkward person to try to hang out with. He is awkward. Yeah. He is an awkward <laughs> dude, but no, I don't even remember what we were talking solar about. Solar eruptions. Have you seen solar doorknobs, so, man? Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was thinking about the doorknobs. So literally these, these solar, it's like every other day, they're like a new solar flare. The biggest solar flare in 70 years has sent solar winds toward the earth. Yeah. The earth has a giant electromagnetic field that surrounds us. So I don't think that we need to be aware of solar eruptions. Solar erections would be solar different. I was just going to go yeah, there. Solar erections would be too. a different problem. We all think alike. At the same time, 
Uh, Skynet is a very real, very real problem. We should all be really worried about that. Okay, give me a couple more of these and I want to bring Drew on because uh, I can see him. He's here. We're ready. Shane says, uh, watching too much cigars daily on your cell phone. All that radiation. <laughs> How is the cell phone? Like, I think that holding the cell phone here is supposed to be away from your face. But yes, be terrified of cell phones. Uh, in fact, I'd like if you guys would do me a favor and be, uh, be especially afraid of anything electric at all. So be afraid of this room. This room sucks. Yeah. No one's going to leave this room alive tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's what terrible. we're afraid of. Yeah, yeah. All right. Be afraid of common sense. Oh, we're there. <laughs> we are. We done that. We done we did that a long time ago. Yes, sir. I think we need to be more scared of it, though. I think he's right. Stephen Ward, <laughs> vegans. Oh. Also, also, I'm just going to put this in the realm of something that we're already afraid of. People are afraid of vegans, like mm -hmm. so, because first of all, you know they're going to make sure that it comes up. Yeah. Oh no, thanks. Ones. I'm the vegan. Ones. And once, yeah, the pushy ones. Yeah. And then once you know they're a vegan, it's like the rules have changed. Like our relationship yep. Yep. has changed. The way we talk to each other has changed. And I got to be aware of a bunch of stuff that I don't even know yet. Like what? Like what do vegans do? Like, do they do the same stuff I that I know. do? All vegans do is tell you that they're vegan. <laughs> they go out of their way to do There's that. There's the more aggressive ones. You know what we've put away? CrossFit people. That's not as oh, much an issue as I it totally used to be. I'm going to go ahead and downgrade CrossFit to veganism. not a worry. We're going to move veganism up. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Well, guys, that's really good. Okay, let's let's hammer through a few really fast. Papa Sandler says Caddyshack 2 on every channel. Woo! Oh, no. uh, for the rest of your life. Yes, absolutely. That would be terrible. And that would make, actually improve the quality of television as it sits right now. Tim's flavor saver. Wait, wait, wait. Is it Tim? Tim, the commenter's flavor saver? I think it's my flavor, flavor saver. saver. I think it's okay. mine. Okay. <laughs> yes, you should be afraid of that. Full auto assault kittens from Persecution Smith. That's the one. That's the best one. We're going to end with that one. Absolutely. Full, full, full auto. auto assault kittens. <laughs> Just shooting. Uh, I think they were talking cross. about those at the last episode of CNN Plus. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they are no longer. So United States on. sent 200,000 fully automatic assault kittens to Ukraine. <laughs> it's going to be a big day. Okay. Uh, I want to bring on our guest for tonight's episode. Let me just do this little number right here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Whoop. Okay. I was not ready, but thank you. Okay. Uh, this dude is a guy in the industry you want to know, and especially a guy you want to be able to talk to. Part of a multi-generational cigar family. There's music playing what in my earpiece. Part of a multi-generational cigar family, uh, the last standing large cigar family in America who's still making cigars here in the United States. This is an amazing thing. They have fought through some incredible stuff, have amazing knowledge. And Drew Newman himself, our guest tonight, is also a lawyer. So he is the best guy to talk to about the new news on cigars and health. So drop your comments, say hello, and give a warm welcome to Drew Newman. Hey, what is up, Good man? evening to you and your viewers. Uh, According to you live tonight from Cigar City, USA, Tampa, Florida, our 112-year-old El Rolo Cigar Factory here in uh, Ybor City, Tampa's historic cigar district. Well, thank you so much. I, I can't thank you enough for being here. I, you know, I get a lot of the guys in the cigar industry uh, who are cigar makers come on the show. I know all of you guys are very busy, but also you, you do so much. Uh, in the cigar world, for the cigar world, including stuff like speaking with uh, politicians before Congress. This is all stuff that's amazing. And that's outside of your daily gig, you know. So thank you for making the time to be here. I appreciate it. I want to get to some questions and comments for you. Uh, but up front, I have a few questions I want to ask you. Okay? Sure. Um, I want to I want to 
I want to start at getting in the habit of asking some pointed questions uh, to my guests. So that way we can get some um, some answers out of you for important things. I think these are the things that people really want to know. I've got just five questions here. Uh, I'm going to be repeating these questions to other guests in the future for all of our viewers. Uh, but I'm just going to rattle these off. Answer these any way you like. If you want to decline the answer, you can do that. And I will tell everybody who's watching at home, make sure you drop your comments for Drew down below. Um, none of these questions are in any order or have to do with anything specific. Uh, so these are just to help people get to know you a little bit better. Is that all right? Sure, of course. Okay. Question number one. Um, how many 10 year olds do you think that you could defeat in battle? <laughs> so I think the question is a little unclear. Are you saying like how many 10 year olds in the world could de defeat in battle one on one? Or how many 10-year-olds at once can I take on? I love that you think of it, think about it like a lawyer. You're a lawyer. Like right you're away, a lawyer you're, like, oh, you're going to get a lawyerly response. <laughs> so this is you and an army of 10-year-olds. <laughs> and you, how many of them can you defeat before you lose? You know, I'll let you know tomorrow. You know, here uh, we have a, a group of eighth graders. <laughs> After your battle. Oh, Florida okay. History, visiting uh, our El Rolo factory tomorrow. Uh, and learning about wow. industry. So I think they're a little older. Eighth grade's a little older than 10, but they're probably still on the smaller side. So um, I'll, okay. I'll let you know them. Yeah, thank you. If you'd pick a fight with them, that'd be great. All right, here's I one do. next question. If if you could go back to 2019 and do one thing before the world exploded, what would you change? Before the lockdowns, before the political stuff, before the social craziness, uh, before 2020 and 2021, what would you do that you could have now and be excited about? I would travel more. It was really tough. Sure, you down. Yeah. L you last know. time, last time we did this episode, you were at your home in New York. Like you were literally in your house. Yeah. I think exactly. your family was no, sick. Some people in your house pandemic, had COVID. Like, yeah, but yeah. before the pandemic, I was on the road um, about three out of every four weeks in a month. And uh, it was just really hard being stuck. Uh, like everyone else was, we didn't know when this, what the virus was like when it started and everyone was, um, was kind of isolated and I think that was tough and, and knowing right. that was coming. Wow. I, I certainly would have traveled, been, been out even more and try to stock up on social interaction before we had to isolate ourselves and, and see each other on screens like this uh, for uh, yes. years. Okay. Next question coming at you right here. If you could smoke with any person, uh, real a fiction dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, clearly my grandfather and my great grandfather. Um, I, I knew it was very close to my grandfather um, who lived to the age of 90, and, and I enjoyed cigars with him uh, when I was an adult. But I think to go back and be in my family business and uh, light up another cigar with my grandfather and certainly um, talk with my, my great-grandfather, J.C. Newman, who founded our company in 1895, that would be a, a real thrill, and um, I would love that. That's an easy question for me. I, I don't think people realize the historical nature of your family. And so we can talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But the last question, and then I want to start taking comments from everybody who's watching. Uh, who do you think would win in a fight? Winston Churchill or JFK? Churchill, clearly. In a, Like in a fist fight? Why? I mean, well, I think it would have to be, you have to see how old they were. But if they're both the same age, Churchill. Churchill's you think he'd whoop up on JFK? He is a tough yeah, guy. Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. I mean, I like JFK, but I think Churchill 
would uh, put a cigar down and uh, and uh, show JFK a few things. I'm not sure Churchill would put the cigar down, but he might show him a few things. <laughs> he would do it with a cigar in his mouth, <laughs> whoop his butt. Okay, uh, I do want to tell everybody who's watching, make sure you check out the lineup for tonight's episode. Five J.C. Newman cigars, both Perla Del Mars and Brick Houses that are closer over there to Drew. Amazing stuff that has been staples for the cigar industry, and you'll find unbelievable value in these five cigars if you check the link in the description. Supports the show, helps us take care of everyone here. Uh, and I want to get some comments for you, Drew, from everybody who's watching. Uh, let's get a sure. let's get a couple of comments, Dustin, before we dive into the cigars and health. And so, if you guys specifically have any questions about cigars and health, put those down there too. Dustin will be watching for him. Dan Robinson says, "Thank you, Drew, for making." great cigars and being such a strong advocate for the cigar industry uh, got a factory tour scheduled for friday morning so stoked to see it this is so Wonderful. cool that you guys do this yeah you have made it accessible for people to come in and where you are right now is in the factory in the rolling room right it is i'm in our rolling room on the third floor of our historic Elrolo cigar factory it's completely empty behind me because uh in addition to rolling cigars and offering tours and tastings and rolling classes. Uh, we also uh, open our space up to private events. And we had a wedding in here last night. Uh, in fact, we have 26 weddings here this year. And so the rolling room is empty, but by 7.30 tomorrow morning, it will be full again. And we're rolling cigars, just like my family's been doing for 127 years. So, so Dan, so excited you get to come here to Tampa Cigar City on Friday morning for one of our factory tours. We we offer them every weekday. and. Um, in fact, Tim, on Friday afternoon, I was walking through the factory a little after 1 p.m., and we had not one, not two, three different guided tours going on at the same time, our factory and our cigar museum. And in addition, we also were teaching a, a group of cigar lovers how to hand roll their own cigars. So three tours, oh. a cigar rolling class on Friday afternoon. It was uh, really busy. And on a Friday night. Uh, here a, a wedding here on uh, on Saturday and 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 we're still rolling tens of thousands of cigars here every day. So it's a it, it's wow. quite the destination for cigar enthusiasts. Just a quick question, and this is a question for you both as a Newman, who's owner of the factory, and as a lawyer. If I divorce my wife to remarry her in your factory, is that like is that cool? Absolutely. In fact, it was um, last night's ceremony wasn't really a wedding. It was a uh, uh, not a recommitment ceremony. I think there's a better like a vow term. renewal. Oh, vow that renewal. would save me a lot a of money on the tour last night. So, so, so come bring your wife, do a vow renewal in a cigar friendly place. Okay, fantastic. And Dustin has a question specifically for you before you grab some more comments. Oh, yeah, I do. So, I read this article online not too long ago about this secret, like uh, underground area that you guys found when you remodeled the factory what was that all about because old buildings fascinate me and the fact that you were able to uncover something like that must have revealed a lot of history secret room yeah so our el Rolo cigar factory was built in 1910 and it was the, the considered to be the largest and finest cigar factory when it uh opened and it has 90,000 square feet and was designed for thousand wow. cigar workers so a lot of cigars have been rolled here and back when it opened more than a century ago, people didn't have bank accounts, didn't have debit cards, didn't have direct deposit. So at the end of every week, all the cigar workers were paid in cash. And obviously that meant a lot of cash was around. And every cigar factory in Tampa, it seemed, 
got robbed. There was almost a circuit. My grandfather would tell me we knew when our turn was next to be robbed because the factory in line ahead of us got robbed. And so we knew we were up on deck. And so this factory was built with a, a secret staircase attached to the back of the general manager's office that um, he saw trouble coming up the front steps. He could quickly open the hatch, pop down the staircase, go out the basement through the back of the factory. And so uh, when we were restoring our factory about a year and a half ago, we uncover the secret staircase and open it up again. Uh, thankfully, um, we haven't used the secret staircase uh, to, to escape anyone yet, but uh, Tim, yes. with you coming through the door, you know where, where we're headed, right? Uh, down the hatch. <laughs> Especially because as we've established on this episode, I'll probably be naked when I come in. Um, okay. So yeah, that's a lot of, that's a, yeah, a lot of rollers are going to have to sneak out the back there. That's okay. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so I want to, I actually want to get Jason Reese's comment. Uh, it's the third one from the very bottom there, Dustin. Uh, this will actually be a really good segue into cigars and health. Cause, cause Drew, this is really what I want to dive into with you. Jason Reese says, Drew, thank you for being a spokesperson for our love for cigars. Uh, when talking about the health factor to the general public, what would you say is the biggest defense for someone that hates cigars? And, and I, I, let me just, let me add to this. Not someone who just doesn't like cigars, but someone who likes cigars for a fundamental purpose and sort of just loops them in with all other types of tobacco. It's like, ah, cigars are terrible for you. This is, Drew, we have a, a viewer who used to like troll our episode, a gal named Sarah, who was just like, cigars are terrible. You should all stop smoking. I wish she was here for this episode because it's such a big one. But for this question right here, what would be your, what would be your approach to somebody who was a hater? Well, I think what the NASM report concluded is what we all know, which is that premium cigars are different. They're different in how they're made in the sense that we use all natural tobaccos uh, that are, are, are naturally cured and fermented with just a little bit of water. And we, we roll them by hand into beautiful cigars like this one. Nothing is added to it. There's nothing unnatural about it. And it's been the same way premium cigars have been rolled for, for, for centuries. And at the same time, premium cigars are different and also how they're used. We don't inhale premium cigars. We, 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 we smoke them without inhaling, unlike cigarettes, unlike e-cigarettes. And then the third point I would make is that the FDA and the National Academy of Science has shown that premium cigars are generally used in moderation. The typical premium cigar consumer smokes 1.7 premium cigars a month, not every day, not every week, once or twice a month. So the fact that premium cigars are a natural agricultural product with no additives, that you don't inhale it, and that you just smoke them occasionally really shows that they're very different from cigarettes, e-cigarettes, and all other forms of tobacco products. And it was great to have the National Academy of Sciences really uh, endorse those facts that we kind of all knew to be true. And, and they found that the research uh, supported it. So I'm, I've got, so I've got the uh, PCA's synopsis of the study because the study is too many pages. Um, 120 and, pages. And, and in here. Yeah. It's a ridiculous amount that, by the way, this study that came out. Okay. So this, so for, for people who, who are just joining us, this is a study that was funded by the FDA to study specifically the marketing and usage and health impacts of premium cigars, premium cigars, really premium cigars and also non-premium cigars, which is sort of the gas station stuff gets mentioned a lot, but they talk in here in the study about specifically 
about the uh, addictive the addictive nature of premium cigars, and I'm going to read a quote from the study. Okay, YouTube. This is a quote from a FDA funded study about the addictiveness of premium cigars. And here's what they said when they studied if premium cigars were addictive. It is biologically plausible that premium cigars can be addiction promoting provided the user has sufficient extent of level exposure. And then it gives a, an equation here. I, you know, what, what seems to be clear and what you mentioned is up front, Drew, you're like, yeah, this is stuff that we know. Like we all know that you don't inhale cigars. We all know that you smoke, like you don't, you don't smoke 20 cigars a day. It's not like cigarettes. You don't smoke a pack or a box of cigars a day. We smoke them a lot less. So the usage is very different. Everything's very different. Do you think there's a sense that this study will be a net good thing for the cigar industry in the future? Or do you think that, that, that this still feels like it's framed up? Because again, funded by the FDA and some people who hate cigars, like what Jason Reese mentioned, people who just don't like tobacco, tobacco to devil, Ricky Bobby. And so they're after it. What do you think the long-term effect of this study could be? So nearly six years ago in 2016, FDA decided to regulate all tobacco products and in doing so, FDA decided to take a broad brush and treat all products the same and essentially apply the same strict regulatory requirements developed for cigarettes to handcrafted pipes like your grandfather may have smoked, to premium cigars, to every other type of tobacco product. And our response was one size fits all policy doesn't make sense. And that regulation needs to be tailored to the unique nature of, in our instance, premium cigars. And that premium cigars are different for the reasons I just mentioned. FDA's response to that argument was, well, we want to see the science for it. We want to see if there's actually evidence in the scientific literature to support those claims. So FDA uh, did what uh, made a lot of sense to the agency. It, it commissioned the National Academy of Sciences, this congressionally chartered, well-respected body to study the issue, and, and, and they, they did. It was a committee of 13 scientists, many of whom have very deep history with tobacco control, who examined premium cigars. And I think in answer to your question, Tim, this is a, a, a huge net positive. Um, the, the report's very detailed. There's a lot of information, but the report is very clear in, in concluding, and, and the authors wrote this, that um, the overall effect of premium cigars on public health is, quote, modest. That premium yeah. cigars are indeed distinct, that uh, there's insufficient evidence that smoking premium yeah. cigars increases health risks. And I have, that that actual, I have the exact quote for that right here. And I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. I, I wanted to read this quote. And, and this, this strikes me so amazingly because when I read this, it made me think of, the, the reports that, that uh, or the studies that big tobacco used to do. You remember when, like before the eighties, before the big class action lawsuit, like big tobacco would do these, they, they'd have their own studies and they could study tobacco for years and come up with no conclusive results. Like they were masters at it. And they're like, we well, don't think that cigarettes are bad. And like, everyone's like, they're like, obviously cigarettes are bad. Right. And so this, this is from the FDA funded study, but this is the quote you were just talking about. This, there is insufficient evidence to determine if occasional or non-daily uh, exclusive cigar use in general is associated with increased health risks. That's what you were saying, right? 
let me, um, I, I'm looking at my notes here. Yeah, there's insufficient evidence to determine if occasional or non daily exclusive are used in general as associated with increased health risk. Exactly. That's one of them. Um, and then there's also a further conclusion 5.5 that talks about because the majority of premium cigar consumers are non daily or occasional users, um, the, 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 the risks are, are relatively low, or as a chair yeah. said, quote, modest. And so clearly, if you smoke 50 cigars a day and inhale them, if you eat 50 Big Macs a day, then you probably have to inhale those too in order to eat those. Or if you, <laughs> if you drink 50 bottles of wine a day, I mean, certainly um, there's a lot of things that any of us can do an extreme that would have an effect on our health. But because premium cigars are used generally infrequently, um, the, the, the risks are, are, quote, modest, these scientists. So I want, to get, I want to get another viewer comment for you coming up right here. Dustin's going to throw it up on the screen for us. It's from John Floor. He says, thanks for being with us tonight, Drew. Do you grow any of your tobacco in the U.S.? Going back to J.C. Newman, your, your multi-generational cigar-making family, you are well-established in the United States. That's not easy to do. Tell us a little bit about the actual tobacco. Absolutely. The United States has a rich tradition of tobacco that really dates back to 1612 when the, the first crop of tobacco was grown in the Virginia colony. And that's kind of what made the American colonies successful. And at the time of, our, of the American Revolution, many of our founders, including George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, grew tobacco. In fact, tobacco was grown in all 13 of the American colonies. And so cigars, tobacco are, are older uh, in the United States than the, the country itself. And to today, if you think about tobacco in America, people probably think of, of Virginia or Kentucky or North Carolina. But all those states grow cigarette tobacco, which is a different right. species, yeah. apples to oranges than cigar tobacco. But there still is wonderful premium cigar tobacco grown in the United States. And, and if you've never heard this, it's going to surprise you. But the biggest state where premium cigar tobacco is grown is Connecticut. It's been grown there and just north of Hartford since the 1700s. There are a few farms that cross the border into Massachusetts. The Amish and the Mennonites grow cigar tobacco in Pennsylvania. They've been there since the 1600s. There's a little bit grown down here in Florida. And so there are some beautiful farms in the United States that are as old as the country itself, growing premium cigar tobacco. And uh, we, love, we love using it. it it's, it it's wonderful, historic uh, heirloom tobacco leaves. Now, first of all, I just now I've just heard you say my calling out loud. Amish tobacco farmer. And yeah. if this doesn't work out for some reason, I will grow the tobacco for you. I will become Amish. I will go do that. I think that that works with my faith and everything. So I think I'm good. You can do that, but you have to, you're going to give, give up the uh, the website, give up uh, cigars daily because, you know, they don't use any electricity. So when they're growing yeah. tobacco, they, 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 they don't have machines or equipment or tools. They have a, a horse or a mule and a wagon. And so um, you can do that. We'll just never see you again. Well, yeah, no, I'm good with the horse and the mule and all that stuff. And if I need like some social media, I'll probably just get like a cork board and then post everything there, you know, and just sort of leave it outside my house. Literal like, when you yeah, call a literal, the, a literal, yeah. When you call the Amish and the Mennonite farmers, you're, you're calling basically a community landline and you hope someone's there to answer the phone because there's no answering machine, no voicemail and <laughs> no one picks up you have to call back. Or if the, the farmer you want to talk to isn't around, they can't find 
him, uh, you should have to call back. Dear God, that's the way that it, sh I, that I it just should be. I would you, imagine that's hard to do. I just picture you making videos for nobody. You're sitting at a desk <laughs> with no audience, and you have to fill that need. What's up, everybody? You're watching Cigars Daily, but there's nobody on yeah, the other end. <laughs> absolutely. All right, I want to get another comment for you. Now, uh, this one's from M MN Drummer. He says, is there anything uh, in that study that can be used to combat the ridiculous taxes put on cigars? Oh, what a good guy to answer this question, Drew. Take it away. Absolutely. You know, taxes are... are um, Sin taxes, whether they're tobacco, alcohol, or other products, are generally imposed for two reasons. One, to raise money, and two, to change behavior that's viewed as unhealthy. It's the same reason why FDA decided to regulate um, all tobacco products because they're concerned about kids using tobacco and addiction. The, the NASM report clearly shows that children do not use premium cigars Anecdotally, we, we know that, and, and now we, we have the science to, to support that. And the NASM report also shows that uh, premium cigars are uh, used in moderation. And so the health concerns for premium cigars are very different and much more, quote, modest than for other tobacco products. So to the extent that um, uh, lawmakers at the state level, at the federal level, are trying to increase tobacco taxes because they want to curb bad and healthy behavior, now we have real science with the, uh, the stamp of the National Academy of Sciences to, 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 to show that the, the health concerns of premium cigars are very different than uh, other tobacco products and, and, and the risk of youth usage and addiction are, 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 are very low. Dude, I saw that as one of the hugest wins about this study. Like it, it was like, yeah, children, like children don't smoke premium cigars, which we know, right? Like cigar shops are not like the gas station. Like kids don't stand outside the cigar shop and be like, hey, you know, like I'll give you weed if you go buy me a cigar. Like they don't do that kind of stuff like they do at a gas station with the drinks they want to get and stuff. Like at a cigar shop, we have to card people. The state requires us to, and the state in Arizona, at least they secret shop our shop to make sure that we're doing it, which is great and fine. Like everybody should be of age when they're doing this stuff. But I really, really like seeing that in this study because Drew, I saw another study uh, from another organization that was about cigars, but it lumped in the gas station stuff. It lumped in non-premium cigars with premium cigars. And it asked the question, are kids switching from cigarettes to cigars? And in the study, it had said, yes, overwhelmingly they were. But it didn't differentiate the paper wrap stuff, the reconstituted tobacco paper stuff. It's not not a premium cigar. Very different. So this actually separates premium cigars from the gas station stuffs and gives us a good look at, oh, wow, yeah, whole leaf premium cigars that you can get at a specialty tobacconist. Like, no, kids aren't really paying attention to that, which is which is great because like the taxes are always made with the same premonition. They're like, it's for the children. This is all for the children. We have to do this for the children so they'll have a future. And here we are looking at the children. They're not an issue here. Do you think they'll take another avenue to try to push taxes forward if, if they can't use the children? You know, premium cigars are one-tenth of one percent of the U.S. tobacco market. We're such a small, artisanal, boutique, handcrafted industry. And by that nature, the amount of tobacco taxes that are really raised on premium cigars are relatively modest. And so it, it, for, for states and the federal government that are looking to raise revenue, like you can raise it on lots of other products and that will bring in real money. You can tax, uh, you can impose enormous tax on premium cigars and it's not going to make a, a real meaningful dif difference in revenue. But to, to your point, Tim, if you go on FDA's website 
and, and look at their definition of cigars in general, they've got a great image. And the image shows everything considered to be a cigar. And on the left is this little little cigar, essentially, that looks basically looks, looks like a cigarette, but it's technically classified as a cigar. Next to it, you've got a, a, a roll of tobacco that has a plastic tip on it. There's another one that has a roll of tobacco with a filter on it. Things that we just know are not premium cigars. Yeah. There are some cigarettes on there, some cheroots, gas station type cigars, and then all the way at the end on the right are the long, thick, premium cigars. And But up to this point, the federal definition of cigars has included all these products. So beautiful, yeah. handcrafted, all-natural premium cigar has been lumped together with plastic tip cigars, filtered cigars, cigars sold in gas stations. And so uh, it's been really difficult for us to differentiate ourselves. But in addition to all of the, 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 the positive data that NASM included in its report, NASM also made a number of recommendations. And the very first recommendation listed as the highest priority was to finally create a standalone definition of premium cigars so that going forward, the research can clearly be, can clearly distinguish between premium cigars and non-premium cigars. And so not only um, did the National Academy of Sciences highlight all this positive data for premium cigars, they went a step further and said, you really do need to treat premium cigars differently going forward, yeah. which yeah. on the cigar industry side, that's been our one request to FDA, which is just recognize that premium cigars are different from cigarettes, little cigars, mass market products, and just treat premium cigars differently in a way that's tailored to the unique nature of our products. As a, as a dyed in the wool millennial, asking to be treated differently is in my nature. And so I appreciate that we're doing that. I do want to tell everybody who's watching, we are talking with Drew Newman from JC Newman, a family, multi-generational cigar family in America that's been making cigars for more than 125 years. And on tonight's episode, you can find five JC Newman cigars, Perla Del Mar Shade, Corojo also, along with the Brick House Connecticut, the Natural and the Maduro. It's a total variety of sizes, blends, and brands. It's going to give you a good look inside the best or inside the longest standing American cigar making family. Do check the link in the description, whether you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or Cigars Daily Plus. Drew, we've got just a couple minutes before we go to the after party on CigarsDailyPlus.com. Uh, uh, please... Let's grab another comment for him, Dustin. This one's from Mint Inc. Says, does Drew use head and shoulders because his hair looks beautiful? I am jealous of your beautiful hair. Very kind. It is because the light is awful in here right now. Um, uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, they had the lights really kicked up for the wedding last night. Must have been must have been the end of the night to, to clear the party. And I can't figure out how to dim the lights appropriately. Anyway, the lighting is horrible. At least you can hear my voice. I got a great cigar to compensate for that, but uh, very, very kind of you. Let's grab one or two more comments for you at the after party. David Wengert says, for Drew, what is the most influential cigar that the JC Newman company has made, past or present? Cigar that's the most influential to you or in the industry? Oh, interesting. That can, that question can be answered so many ways. Like everything from our, 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 our quest to race cigars were so, number 95 was so influential, transformed the industry in, in the 60s and 70s. Diamond Crown was the first large ring gauge cigar. It broke the mold at 54 ring gauge, hard to believe in 1995. Uh, Quorum, our, our handcrafted 
value price bundled cigar. It, it does an incredible success for the past uh, 17 years. Uh, Brickhouse Pearl de Mar that uh, you're showcasing tonight, Tim, are, are just a runaway hits. Uh, Yaguam, a cigar they never thought would sell. Uh, people seem to love it. It blows me away every time I hear that. And then my, my favorite cigar is a, is a cigar that we make right behind me called the American, which is our 100% all-American cigar using all-American tobaccos and American wood and American-made boxes, American cellophane, American bands, American hinges, literally everything. So I, with 127 years of history, we've got a lot of great um, products and I'm very, very proud of them all. All right, one more comment before we hit the after party. This one is from Nicholas Stabile. 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 Thank you. He says, the JC Newman factory recently uh, renovated. It's a beautiful place and a ton of fun. Ybor City is a uh, cigar culture capital. Can't recommend it enough. And I got to say, when I leave Arizona, my first trip will be to come see you in the factory there. Please so, do a uh, live Cigars Daily live from the rolling room. We'll roll yes. cigars with you right here in uh, Ybor City. I want that very badly. Okay. Uh, I do want to tell you guys, we are going to go over to the after party right now. So here's the deal. We don't really know what's going to happen on social media. We don't know what's going to happen with YouTube, Facebook, any of this stuff. So the way we're future proofing Cigars Daily, we created our own site, cigarsdailyplus.com, our own site, our own servers. And we're going to continue this episode there. So we'll end it on YouTube and Facebook. Make sure you check out the lineup. You won't find the value like this on JC Newman Cigars anywhere else anytime soon. Absolutely try to make it affordable because if you guys want to try this, we want to make sure that you get a good chance to get the taste of these cigars. And also can join us on Cigars Daily Plus for the after party. It's a little bit more intimate of a setting. There's less rules there and we'll continue to hang out and enjoy time with each other. So Drew, will you sit tight for just a minute? Absolutely. All right. So we'll see you guys on the after party or if you're not coming, we'll see you all next Sunday. And we are back. I literally got up and ran over and fixed something behind uh, the camera here. Uh, okay, we're on the after party. We can say and do what we want. Drew is still a lawyer, so he's still going to speak respectfully, which I respect. I like it. Uh, people will probably not be a little more unruly in the comments, Drew, so I'll be reading some of those. Um, let's see. Uh, I saw one comment just near the top that said tobacco was the first yeah this is from jared tobacco was the first currency in the colonies have you heard that yeah absolutely it's very it will be a currency again once you know all of the once the world collapses tobacco will definitely be a currency wouldn't you think yes i mean yeah i mean tobacco is generally uh packed in 120 pound bales and so it's kind of hard to, to carry and they're heavy but uh sure i mean We'll trade tobacco, trade cigars with people. What would you What would you expect to be able to get for a 120 pound bale of tobacco? Like if Like if there was no money and all, that's all you had to trade, what would you be expecting in return for that? It, it all depends on on so on the value of it. So um, the tobacco prices right now, there are, are tobacco sold by weight, and uh, uh, 
tobacco prices vary considerably depends upon the type of tobacco that's being sold. So like the, the, the most inexpensive uh, uh, filler tobaccos are selling for $7 a pound or so. So, so you're looking at um, 120 pounds, about $1,000 for, for, for a good bale. And some of the most expensive wrapper tobaccos will sell for, for 40, 50 pounds, $50 a pound. And so that, that's a very expensive bale of tobacco. So I guess it all depends upon what's inside uh, to see what you can get with a bale of tobacco. So I, I'll tell all you guys who are watching, keep dropping your comments here. We're going to get them. I'm going to ask Alex to scroll up just a little bit on the comments. I want to get that nice long one up there from Dustin Atwood. Uh, and guys, get one of the samplers for yourself tonight. The Five Cigars American Classic Blends. And I knocked the hell out of the price. Easy to try, easy to buy. Get them uh, before they're gone. Dustin Atwood says, thanks for being on, Drew, to talk about this important topic. I said it many times. After watching the NASM report presentation, cigars are not equivalent to cigarettes. Saying they're the same thing is like saying ice cubes and pop popsicles have the same health effects because they both contain frozen water. <laughs> That's a really good point. That's right. You, you, I, I assume you live in this world of talking about, you know, cigars, the nuances of cigars. And I'll ask you guys to scroll to the top of the comments so I can see them. Uh, and and how does this stand out to you uh, going forward for cigars and the health impact? Like, what do you think is the next step from the FDA on this? So I think the report is helpful in so many ways. And the fact that it confirms what we, what we already know. But when we say it, when we say the research shows that cigars are not smoked by kids and premium cigars are smoked in moderation, uh, it, it, it's what we say is viewed as being biased because we obviously um, have a, a, a perspective on this, but having an independent, well-respected group of scientists put their seal of approval on it too, it, it, uh, it really helps our cause. And so I think we'll be using this report for, for decades to uh, come. I mean, FDA, you know, some people hate FDA. Some people are mad at FDA. I, I really don't have those feelings towards FDA. I think FDA just started from a place where they had no idea what a premium cigar is. And it's been on us to educate them about what, what a premium cigar is and what it's not. And hopefully this report is just the next step in that education process. The agency's already said that premium cigars are not its priority. And uh, having uh, the NASM re report to uh, back up of what we've been saying should only uh, um, increase uh, the likelihood that FDA just doesn't do much with premium cigars for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I got to tell you this, man. I've mentioned this a few times on the show. When I first got into cigars, it was just seven years ago. I counted on no good news ever, right? Like I just counted on like, okay, this is going to be a slow decline. It's going to get harder and harder to do this. And and hopefully it'll be an int well enough established that it's that, you know, I can survive. But uh, I've been amazed to see some of the wins that have happened. And you said like, yeah, part of our job is to educate them on this. But also when it comes to FDA and some of the other letter agencies, another part of our job has been to sue them. Like and, and we've done that, like uh, uh, PCA uh, and uh, Cigarettes America have both done this. And some of the wins that we've seen have been in court. I know Judge Meta and uh, some appeals court judges turned down giant warning labels that would be on every cigar box right now. Massive warning labels on cigar boxes, right? Like there's a lot of really, really good news that I get really excited about. Um, there is a comment here from Espen Ty Hansen. Espen Ty Hansen, he says, Hi, Drew, do you feel, as a, as a member of the Newman family, do you feel obligated and mandatory 
from the day your uh, of your birth to take over the business and legacy and congrats on the amazing achievements yeah for for you as a lawyer is this like this is no, what i got to do or not at all i mean i've grown up in this business i've grown up in this running, running through this factory when i was a kid um, but i actually spent a lot of time outside of it uh, after college i went to law school and part of the reason why I'm, i can we have this conversation with you tim is as I, I worked in in dc for a number of years and was a, a regulator there and so i saw uh uh, not on cigars, but, but but I saw the government look at a whole host of other products. And so I can see things from the government's perspective. And as a lawyer, a policy guy, former regulator, I can I can speak the language of cigars. I can speak the language of regulation and, and help us talk uh, uh, from one side to the other, which uh, is really helpful in educating FDA and uh, educating the uh, courts and, and uh, legislators. I'll ask you this, and I want to get back to some more comments with with our with the time we have left. Uh, for you, because you've done a lot of this. I mean, you've spoken you've spoken with a lot of politicians, a lot of powerful people. For you, what has been sort of the most uh, like, wow, okay, I'm in front of this person moment, sort of the most gripping or or nerve wracking or anxiety producing moment for you to talk to somebody or a group of people about this stuff. The only time I really um, lots of members of Congress over the years, the only time I, I really got slipped up was talking to Justice Clarence Thomas about cigars. I, I, I happened to be at the Supreme Court's holiday party a number of years ago, and, and I knew he enjoyed cigars, and so I went to go talk to him about them, and he told me he doesn't like cigars anymore, and his doctor told him he had to stop, and he hates them, and it really, it kind of, it kind of tripped me up. So um, thankfully, yeah. Our cigars haven't gone before the Supreme Court. Actually, that's not true. Um, uh, my grandfather had a case that uh, a legal case that all uh, that went all the way to the Supreme Court in the 1960s. But premium cigars have not been in the Supreme Court uh, uh, since then, so uh, uh, it hasn't been consequential. But that was the one time where I got kind of got tripped up. I would have like you. You expect it to be one way, and then he's like, "No, I stopped my doctor." Yeah, I could just say, "I love cigars. Cigars are great." Here's what I'm smoking, and he was like, "Just like I hate cigars. I I wish I never smoked cigars, and I don't want to talk to you." Wow, it's kind of an intimidating thing. So, um, yeah, 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 that was fun. All right, Brandon Warfield is on. He says, "Hey Tim, Andrew, I love the double Connecticut. What was the idea behind?" That was such a saturated Connecticut market. There's a lot of Connecticut's out there. Why'd you guys do one? Well, I think that that's that's the answer. You know, uh, the Connecticut Shade is a historic American tobacco leaf. It was it was pioneered in the Connecticut River Valley to, to, to grow tobacco underneath cheesecloth to create a very light colored, very smooth tasting uh, tobacco and. And th- that seed has been exported to Ecuador, to Nicaragua, to uh, other countries where where shade tobaccos are grown as well. But when we were trying to create a unique product, a new, new unique blend, we realized that uh, that no one was really making a double Connecticut cigar. And what I meant by that is having a a, a Connecticut shade wrapper and a Connecticut broadleaf dark Maduro binder. So two historic, iconic uh, Connecticut tobacco leaves combined together in a very unique tasting uh, cigar, and it, and it does does really well. It is, and and by the way, 
in the last since that came out a couple years ago, two three years ago, I hear more about the Brick House Connecticut from from people than just about anything. In fact, uh, I'll tell everybody who's watching this now, just because this is the after party. Um, Drew, are you familiar with a guy called Steven Crowder? I don't think you've heard of this guy. He's he's a change my mind guy. He sets up tables at college campuses and puts these outrageous statements out there. Not really outrageous stuff. It's just stuff that he thinks like there's only two genders. And then uh, and he says, change my mind. And he just debates people about it. He's got about five and a half, a little over five and a half million subscribers on his channel. And wow. it's a great guy. But I do want to tell everybody who's watching, if you haven't done so, watch this Wednesday, uh, Louder with Crowder, the Ash Wednesday episode that's coming up. Uh, because you're going to want to see that. It's a cigar-based episode of his show, and there might might even potentially, I'm told, be Cigars Daily something in there. I mentioned, I don't, I'm not in it. I'm not in the show. But um, he he mentioned, the reason I bring him up to you is because he loves the Brickhouse Double Connecticut. And, really? and, and, and Yeah, and Stephen Crowder is a guy who really, right. he's, he likes right. a, lot of, a lot of different things, but he really likes a lot of really powerful, really punchy cigars. He's a big Espinosa fan, so there's a lot of pepper and spice in their blends traditionally. He likes a lot of stronger cigars. So when he was like, yeah, the Brickhouse Double Connecticut is like, choice it's awesome i was like wow okay cool so I mean, i've just I've heard a lot about it i'll invite him down to tampa if he's ever here i'd love to have him come by our factory oh man you'd love him he's a he's a good guy he's a comedian and funny guy all Great. right uh james mccann says do you guys have any uh new cigars or blends coming out this year so thing a lot of people do you guys we gonna do, do it? we're always working on it you know it's, it's funny seeing certain companies come out with a flavor of the month or flavor of the uh, quarter or cigar of the month, cigar of the quarter, because it, it's it's really hard for us to create new cigars, at least do it the way that we were taught. And it, and by that, I mean, it takes about three years, three years from when we have an idea to create a new cigar, to, to wow. test different blends, because in large part, because you have to age the tobaccos, and you have to age the cigars after they're rolled and the cigars will change from when the, the day and taste from, from the day they're rolled to, to a week later, a month later, three months later, and it just takes a very slow process and developing yeah. brain for it is equally slow. And so we always have stuff in the pipeline. It just takes a while to get there. Um, this year we are redeveloping our uh, diamond crown, black diamond cigars, a beautiful luxury cigar made in Tabacalera. If one thing, that's a great cigar. Well, it's changing. So if you like that cigar, Tim, hold on to the ones that you have because um, uh, uh, they're different and they're going to be different um, uh, uh, coming in a couple months. Also, our El Baton cigars, uh, which are a beautiful, fuller-flavored cigar made in our factory, JCM and Pensa, Nicaragua, which was actually our first long-filler cigar from Nicaragua. We're, we're redeveloping those and are going to relaunch it this summer. And so that's what's next on the docket. And... Uh, we're Fantastic. excited to, to share them after a couple of years working on both. Okay. For this next comment, this is from Jason. And I want, give me like the Polaroid snapshot of this, because I think there's some unique stuff you can tell us that no other cigar makers can just because of your family's history here. Jason says, can Drew tell us about some struggles there are with making cigars in America? It's different. I mean, you don't have, it's sure. different regulations in Nicaragua. Like give us a look at that life. Well, Cigars are a handcrafted uh, product, 
And so uh, that, that means primarily is that there's a tremendous amount of labor, not only the cigar rolling, but also in, in the entire production process. So from simply sorting the tobacco leaves, removing their, their center stems and destemming them to, to, to preparing the, 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 the uh, blends, to creating the bunches, rolling the cigars, inspecting them, uh, um, putting bands on them, packing them. Like it, it's a very labor intensive slow process. And uh, the United States is the, the richest country in the world. Our labor costs are higher than anywhere else eight times that yeah. Nicaragua. And so uh, our biggest challenge is simply the, the, the cost uh, of American labor and, and what that means for cigar rolling, but it also means for tobacco growing too. And so just making a 100% all-American cigar that we, we roll here in Tampa, just the costs are so much higher, largely because the cost of labor is so much more. So Josh Holden, Mastic. Damn it. Just sold him a stick. That's good. There's a, there's a huge ass on here. There's a lot of really good uh, usernames tonight. Uh, just to hold in my stick says, Drew, had a brick house last week, and it blew my mind at Thank that you. price. How the hell do you all do it? Thank you so much. That's, you know, as is a 127-year-old, four-generation family business, our cigars are really personal to us. And so... And I worry about everyone. I worry about everyone being perfect. With a handmade product, like some cigars are, are, aren't going to be rolled right. The, the roller is going to get distracted. The, the, the leaf is going to just have an imperfection in it. Sometimes there will be mistakes. But I worry every day about every cigar being perfect. Because if you lit up a brick house and it didn't taste right, you'd put it down and you'd never try it again. And we would lose you as a customer forever. And so I, I worry about that. Um, but so it makes me so happy to to hear that. And also because Brickhouse is a very personal brand to us, and I can go into the story in a minute if you like. But the answer to the question that you asked, we're an old company. We've paid for this factory a long time ago. We're a relatively large company in our industry. We have economies of scale. We're efficient. And so because of that, our, our, our costs are just lower than a lot of our competitors that are just starting that had to borrow money to, to buy tobacco or open a factory or rolling much uh, fewer cigars and, and don't have the economies of scale that we have. And so, so in, from working in our factory here and, and in Nicaragua as well, I can guarantee you and tell you that a Brickhouse cigar that, that retails without taxes for, for, for six, seven, eight dollars it has the same quality tobacco, the same construction as a typical Nicaraguan cigar that retails for around $10. Just yeah. the, the difference is we're an old company and uh, our, our costs, our overhead is lower. And uh, we price our cigars by, by simply taking a look at our costs and, and adding a, a small margin. And, and that's it. We're not trying to maximize profits. And so I, um, I have that, to tell you this, this story. I have to tell you the story from my first few years in the cigar industry, you know, doing the YouTube stuff, I get to meet with a lot of cigar makers. And in the first few years, I met with some of these boutique guys. This is before we started Cigars Daily. I was working for another cigar company, but these boutique cigar makers would come in and pitch their brand. 
and be like, yeah, here's our new brand coming out of some factory in Nicaragua. And, you know, it's going to be the next big thing. And I'm like, and I would ask these guys, be like, 10 bucks a stick. What makes it 10 bucks a stick? And these guys would say, because the market research I read suggested that $10 a stick was as high as I could price it and they would still sell. And it's like, it didn't seem like the, like the price for the quality of the cigar mattered to some of these guys. And I'll tell you, the ones I talked to, most of them are not even in the industry anymore. They didn't make it. Like there, there has to be a different sort of approach for this stuff. Like what you said, you, you guys look at your costs. You had in a small margin. I imagine you have a formula for that. It's probably mm-hmm. the same or similar for a lot of your cigars. And like, that's what it is. It's just, that's how much you're going to make off a cigar. And I think that it creates trust. It creates reliability among your customers to know that, that like, for me, the character of a cigar maker is as important as the cigars that they make. Well, Tim, you know, a lot of the boutique companies are, are buying from third-party factories. And so the factory has to make a profit. They have, the, the boutique company has to make a profit. They're not selling many cigars, so they, their overhead has to be spread over fewer cigars. Like, the, their, their costs are just higher than ours are. But I think you kind of spoke to this point a moment ago that, in my mind, there are two types of cigar companies. They're the cigar companies that understand tobacco and love tobacco and make and are real cigar makers. And then there are those cigar companies that love cigars and are really marketing ventures and, and don't really care about tobacco. And, and you can pretty much group everybody into one of those two camps. And uh, it, it, it explains a lot about our business. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and by the way, not at all dissimilar to like bourbon. Like bourbon's very same way. Like, like some people are really excited about bourbon. Other people slap their label on a bottle. I, I'd imagine that's a thing that you learn about people and see. I want to take the comment right above that one. Brandon Warfield says, Drew, as a domestic cigar maker, do you think that there will ever be a renaissance for cigar makers in the U.S.? You mentioned the high cost of labor. Do you think that that will keep most companies outside of the U.S. in the future? Or will we start to see more U.S. made cigars somewhere in the future? That's a so- great question. That's a great question. My hope is yes. My, my, you know, I I think there's a a great tradition of manufacturing here in the United States. And, and I think the supply chain issues that we've all seen and uh, in the past year or so highlight the fact that we need to make more here in the United States again. And behind me, uh, this is the last working real traditional cigar factory left in the United States, but Tampa is full of old buildings like this one. There used to be 150 cigar factories here in Tampa and 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 it'd be great to have more people roll cigars here in the yeah. States. I would say Cigar Fashionado magazine had an article about a year and a half ago in which they identified about 50 different cigar rollers throughout the United States that are rolling cigars and selling them everywhere from Oklahoma City to New York to, to, to Key West, Florida. Most of these are one or two rollers sitting in the front of a cigar shop, not really rolling a brand, roll them and then right. uh, turn them to the tourists, but they're still showing the art and the tradition of hand cigar rolling. And I love seeing that and, and hope that it expands and would love to help more cigar makers come back to the United States. Hell yes. I, you know, I would love to see the same thing. I like, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to that question a little bit too. Like, there was something, and I've said this on the channel before, I repeat a lot of stuff because my brain's small, so I just have to remember a few things. But there's one thing that, that Steve Sockett told me a while ago. He said, there's five things, five jobs you have 
real good job security in. And they're the five vices. If you're into eating, drinking, smoking, screwing, and gambling, like those five things, people are just always going to do them. So there's job security. And I do think that, you know, I, I don't know if we'll see a renaissance of cigar making in America. I would think that would be fantastic. I think that would be, that would, you know, Drew, you already mentioned that cigars are so foundational to America. So much of what America first was, was built on tobacco. That'd be really great to see that honored as part of the tradition and legacy of our country. At the same time, uh, I do think that there's that everything sort of goes in a cycle, especially as it gets legislated. So not from the cigar making side, but from the cigar uh, consuming side, as you watch FDA try to come after us and put on new regulations, which thankfully they're having a hard time doing. But as they're trying to do that, there's also a time where those things sort of let off like they, they tend to go away. And you've seen this in the past. And Drew, I really really want to hear your take on this as part of the reason I'm telling you. But, you know, if you look back to prohibition era America, you alcohol was illegal, right? Which just created an illegal market for it. But today we advertise flavored alcohol on television. Like you can get, go get, you know, wild cherry Jack Daniels, like, and go just buy it at the store, right? Like it's not a big thing. And for a long time, marijuana was illegal. Well, now marijuana is not only becoming legal and more accessible, it's actually more culturally less taboo, I should say, than even premium cigars are being treated these days. Do you think there'll be a time or, or when do you think there could be a time when cigars sort of come back around in the way that alcohol and marijuana and some of the other stuff has? You know, I think we're kind of there now. Um, in our 127 years of history in this business, we've seen cigar booms happen like clockwork every 25 years. We're very much in one now. 25 years ago, there was one in yep. the mid 90s. Yep. Yep. 25 years Earlier, uh, there was one right after the Surgeon General uh, uh, issued a big report about cigarettes. 25 years before that, there was a big boom around World War II. And so really like clockwork, uh, 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 the industry starts to really grow. And I think we're seeing new consumers decide they want to try a premium cigar as an adult, which is great. We're seeing new cigar lounges and cigar stores pop up all around the country. And it's been really exciting. Um, our, you know, our, our consumers tend not to smoke cigars frequently, uh, just a couple a month and, and for relaxation and celebration. And, and, and it's exciting to see more people, more adults decide to try a premium cigar. So I think we're, we're there in a boom right now. And I think the NASM report um, is going to help uh, uh, give FDA uh, confidence that they don't need to worry about premium cigars right now yes. would help foster the continued health of the premium cigar industry. Yes, they've they've and 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 FDA has already said that cigars are their lowest tobacco priority, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yes, that's correct. So, and at the same time, too, FDA has to be FDA is in a tough spot for a number of reasons because just as we are at FDA educating them about premium cigars and why they're different and and why the agency shouldn't be worried about them. There's a number of uh, health advocacy groups who are knocking on FDA's door who are saying that all tobacco products should be banned. So FDA is yeah. kind of caught in the middle here and, and is in a tough spot. And if they go one way, one group will sue them. And if they go the other way, the other group will sue them. And so <laughs> it's, uh, it, 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 it's kind of tough, especially since so few people actually smoke premium cigars and the real uh, issues and the real concerns are with cigarettes and e-cigarettes. Yeah. 
Yes. As, and in my opinion, as they should be. David Garcia says, Drew, I just had JC Newman's collab with Pravada Cigar. Uh, one knocked it out of, uh, of the park. Can you elaborate on the process of making that cigar? Sure. You know, I think uh, uh, Brian and Pravada are, are a great example of this cigar renaissance that we're in right now. Uh, there's a whole group of new consumers who started enjoying premium cigars and are being introduced it to, to it through Pravada. And uh, they're here in Florida, just down Interstate 4 in Orlando. And Brian came over and, and we wanted to do something to, to, together. And so um, it, it's been great working with him. I don't know how he comes out with so many new cigars. It, it, I told him this two weeks ago. It's like, it, it blows my mind how you can pull this off because we could never do it. But uh, it was a lot of fun working to, with Brian on, on blending uh, um, some new cigars with him. And, and uh, I, I'm just very happy anytime, lights up, anytime, anytime someone lights up one of our cigars and enjoys it. So, so thanks for sharing. And, and Pravada Cigar Club, by the way, for your monthly box cigar clubs, I don't think anyone does it better than Pravada Cigar Club. It's a big part of the reason I've never done a box club. They do it so well. Why would I try to compete with that? Like, they do a great job. Um, Okay, and this one kind of feeds into what you're just talking about. A lot of new smokers, a lot of people just getting into this. Grevlin says, question for Drew. What do you think about cigar lounges in the United States? They seem to be gaining popularity. Do you think that the future is bright for cigar lounges in the U.S.? And I want to add something to that. It seems to me, I actually see it differently than Grevlin, because it seems to me that it's harder, getting harder to do a cigar lounge. Uh, and, and that's because these days, culture and society is changing so much. It almost seems like you have to have cigars and something else like at cigars daily we got a brick and mortar cigar shop but we also have an online you know you can buy online and get of course to the sampler for tonight's episode which you should all get because it's like ridiculously discounted and you're going to get some amazing jason newman cigars but we do online and then there's like other cigar shops that have a full bar like a cigar bar it seems to me like the cigar shop and lounge model is getting harder to sustain so where do you see that going you know we're an industry of family businesses the growers who grow premium cigar tobacco are, are largely a group of, of, of families who've been doing it for generations. On the cigar maker side, we're largely a, a group of cigar families who've been in this business for a long time. And, and we sell to family businesses who have retailer locations, many of them with a large lounge around the country. And I, I raise this because it means that every cigar lounge, every store, in all 50 states are, are, are a little bit different. There, with, with rare exception, there, there are very few standardized approaches to premium cigar retailing. And so, so and, and, and some are more successful than, than, than others. But I think being a brick and mortar retailer in this day and age with, with, uh, uh, is very different, is very difficult no matter what product you're selling. But I think where the smart retailers like you, Tim, that you provide a service, you provide an, an experience, and that you help guide your consumers to, to find cigars that they're going to like and that they're going to enjoy, and, and they, they, they trust you. Because the worst thing that could happen would be for a new consumer to walk in a store, to be ignored or judged by a, a, a clerk, and for them to pick out a cigar they don't like, and then they light it up, they hate it, and they put it down, they never come back. And so I think uh, the, the real successful lounges and, and, and cigar retailers like you, Tim, are successful because of the high quality service that you provide. 
Thank you. I, I greatly appreciate that. I, I do think I want to kind of add, I do think yeah. that there are regulations in certain states to where, yeah. where you can't have a cigar. Like Washington. I, yeah. State. I'm from Washington and yeah. I can personally say that I had never been to a cigar lounge until I moved to Arizona. And you, yeah, you can't to- in Washington state. The regulation is you can't have a cigar lounge uh, where customers can come in. If they're smoking inside, the only people who are allowed to be in there are people who either work there or who are owners of that establishment. And I've got a buddy who's got tin can cigar company up there. They, he has got a cigar lounge and a streamlined trailer uh, near a beer garden up there. And literally you can buy a share of the company and yeah. then go use the lounge like that. That's there's always a way around it. But yes, in taxes is one of the big things. Drew can probably speak to this too. Yeah. Taxes is a big thing. Some states have inexorbitant taxes like California. Mm-hmm. Some states just have insane rules about what you can do inside of a building that makes it really prohibitive. Uh, you probably see a lot more of this all over the country, Drew. Yeah, I mean, it certainly is different because there's a patchwork of regulations. And I haven't seen the Airstream tra- trailer, but I have seen a, a shop in Seattle that has a school bus. And if you want to, if you want to enjoy a cigar in the lounge, you, you kind of go into their in, into their school bus in the parking lot and and, and join, become a member. And it's 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 kind of nutty, but it, it just speaks to uh, just how some of the states make it really difficult. And uh, but my, my hope is that there will be more liberalization of of cigar smoking and just recognizing that adults have should have the freedom to to, to choose to light up a premium cigar, um, particularly in light of the fact that cannabis is becoming more and more legal and, and accepted and people are going to be looking for places to light up marijuana and they're going to look up for, and hopefully that will help us have more places to light up a premium cigar. So I got, this is going to be the last comment of the night or last question of the night. This one's from just holding my stick says, Drew, what is your go-to special occasion cigar? Something amazing happens, incredible, you want to celebrate, what do you light up? Sure, so my my cigar is the American, which is our 100% all-American cigar that we roll right behind me when the rollers are are here and we're not having weddings. Um, And it's it's a beautiful handmade cigar with all-American tobaccos, with a box made in the United States, inks, the United States on the bands and the labels and everything else. It, it just really speaks to the fact that my family were the oldest family owned cigar company in the United States and, and we're an American company and we're working hard to keep the historic American cigar making tradition alive. And so it's a wonderful yeah. cigar. It's unique. We roll 160 cigars per day, tiny, tiny production. So it, it, we don't have many to share, but it, it's my cigar. And uh, it's what I light up uh, when I'm looking to uh, to celebrate. Fantastic. And a shout out real quick for, from Davis Everett. He said, just wanted to give Dustin a shout out for his awesome customer service. Just got on. It's your perfect time to get on, Davis, because we're actually wrapping up the episode for the night. <laughs> Drew, thank you so much for giving us so much of your time tonight. This has been so educational and amazing and fun. Thank you. Of course. Thank you, Tim. And next time, let's do it from here in the Cigar City of Tampa. Hell yeah, man. That sounds great. I cannot wait to get out there and see you. And everybody who's watching, thank you for joining us. Get a sampler or two for yourself tonight. Also, there's still a deal running till midnight tonight where if you spend 100 bucks, you get an extra $10 off. Off the price that's already reduced. It doesn't stack. It doesn't stack, but this isn't a deal. It's just a sampler. 
so they could they could do it uh anyway but guys check that out get the sampler there's a link below this video in the description scroll down a bit and you'll find it right there amazing value on jc newman cigars and you will not regret trying them because they'll be some of your new favorite cigars drew thanks again brother thank you tim have a great night you too everybody stay tuned for another great episode next week this is myself andrew newman we are both signing off for cigars daily have a great week i'll see you all next sunday